32 days, 24 castaways, three co-hosts, and one podcast. This is Stranded in Two Omotus, and I'm your host, Pooty. Today, we're joined by three hosts and alumni of Stranded. Joaquin, winner of All Stranded, who originally played in Stranded in Indonesia, season 27. Hey, Pooty. Tonight, I'm drinking uh, a double IPA called Ninja vs. Unicorn. Uh, it's mm. trippy as fuck. The can. I think uh, Nofo's actually playing that in his head right now. <laughs> uh, we are also joined by Nofo, host of Isolated, who originally played in Stranded in Venezuela, season 19. Hi, everybody. Danny, host of Excursion, who originally played in Stranded in Turks and Caicos, season 32. Guten Tag. And joining us again for the second time, uh, Cochran, winner of Stranded in the Marquesas, who originally played in Stranded in Namibia, season 21. What's up, buddy? Uh, today we're going to go over the first, well, the four episodes of the post-swap of Stranded in Tuomotus and preview the second swap that has taken place uh, since we last spoke. I believe we just talked about Garrett's boot and uh, Eric, who was booted, and then the tribe swap happened. So a lot to catch up on. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about that first swap council. What's going to happen over the course of the next few episodes is that Tepoto is going to intentionally or or not intentionally lose their ass off. And we're going to get a lot of newbie boots, but then uh, they're going to rebound quickly into some vet boots. So let's talk about Hannah and Aurora are on the other tribe with Stephanie and Ty, who have already ratted them out to the newbie alliance that had like six people intact on that tribe. I think the interesting part of that was that Jessica was really pushing her partner, Michael, into trying to keep Aurora and Hannah and how spectacularly that backfired on, on them. Now you can comment. Thank you for your blessing, Pooty. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, that was part of it, right? I mean, they didn't like getting talked down to, which a lot of the vets seem to think that the noobs are... I don't know, just like new. I they don't know. They they are like looking for their guidance, I guess, or did at the time. I think some of them are starting to wisen up, but it wasn't just that. I think that uh, the Hannah and Aurora really didn't the best job of making making the inroads that Ty and Stephanie were. But you're right; they definitely did completely defect Ty and Stephanie. Yeah, that's a good point. I feel like if Aurora and Hannah had half the social game that Ty and Stephanie did, I think they would have been okay here because I think you know the newbies would have been much more open to working with them. But the fact that, you know, they had probably made pretty good bonds with Stephanie and Ty, uh, they were probably already like, you know, well, that doesn't look like it's the best move for me personally to keep Aurora and Hannah when I don't have a strong bond with them. You know, I think even a lot of them were saying like Hannah was borderline inactive to them, which I think was probably just her not talking to a lot of them. Yeah, I no, I, I don't I don't think it was that as much. It was it was the combination. I think it was just the combination of them liking UV and Ty more. And then, like, particularly, I think it was Jess came off very strong in trying to dictate the vote to Michael and telling him, this is what we're doing. We're making a mega alliance. You're voting out Ty. And Michael is like the kind of person he, the way he describes it in his confessionals, he loves to own his own agency and he does not like being told what to do. And so that kind of kicked him off. And he definitely of, of the newbies is the one spearheading that vote the most. Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, that boat comes later. Tepoto, of course, loses this challenge. But really, I mean, they, Jed said he was throwing it in his confessional, which pisses everyone off that's lurking. <laughs> Uh, but then, of course, you know, they had the, the buffer vote outs. I expected Eddie and Brandon to go. 
back to back, but you know, they split the vote five on Eddie, four on Brandon. Uh, Eddie does not play his idol. No shock there. So Eddie goes home. It's at this time that the idols are introduced into the game. The partnership idol, of course, works a little differently than the real idol. And the players, I don't think, were aware of this until they found the idol halves. The funny part was that the idol halves remained available for anyone to find. Of course, War Dog, within a minute of finding the idol half, goes and tells everyone he found it and what the password was. And uh, immediately, like anyone else, can go find it. Fortunately for War Dog, that kind of scared everyone off of finding it. So, you know, he was able to hold on to it for a while. But the way that this idol works, you have to have your partner find the other half and for them to combine in order for it to become an actual idol. And I think he just got, he said he panicked and jumped the gun before I could even explain how it worked after he found it. Yeah. And on top of that, he went and told Shamar that he found the idol half and was trying to convince Shamar to go and try and find the other half. And for some reason, that partnership just really isn't clicking like a lot of the others. And Shamar basically just told War Dog, like, nope, not going to listen to you. Don't really care. And so War Dog then ran his mouth that he found an idol half and his partner's now not going to look for that other half of the idol. So he just kind of sketched out his entire tribe for no reason. Yeah, it's worth noting War Dog. He was kind of on the outs of the original Tepoto. I'm saying that right. And he, I, I thought for sure he would not be working very closely with the powers that be, but apparently he's very close with uh, Stephanie on this tribe, uh, Stephanie from Morocco. So he kind of got into the fold with them, but we're going to find out that that alliance was very fractured towards the end of their run. So Eddie goes home. Sherry ends up finding the Pukaroa idol half. And of course, Stephanie finds it after War Dog basically kind of told her what it was. So they end up with the partnership idol, Stephanie and Sherry. I think, you know, that's going to come into play in a little while, but I I was really hoping it would be (laughs) it would be another. I think, Danny, you had said Stephanie blindsiding Jed with the idol unintentionally ending his game. That was like the ideal outcome of that tribe as soon as the Steph stuff came up. But unfortunately, serendipity wasn't there. Yeah. On the next episode, uh, Ty and Matt hit it off to the point where they all start exchanging who's partnered with who. We found a lot of that, especially with the vets. They were telling everyone who their partners were. I don't get that. Like, not even that. Like, I mean, there weren't like that many possibilities. It's like, what, five or six people? But that's like a huge piece of information and like a reason for someone to like knife you out. I mean, I guess if you you could try to form like a bunch of cross tribal alliances, which some people seem to try to be doing. That's a huge feat. That's going to bite people in the ass later. I, uh, I actually disagree with that. I think that the partners are going to become common knowledge eventually anyways, and uh, can use that as a leverage tool to kind of make some more allies on your new team. And that's that's what Ty did. I feel like that's at least part of the reason why all those people were super high on Ty um, on that team. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think, you know, the things that Stephanie uh, with two ends and Ty did right was that they kind of just dumped information on the newbies of the entirety of Tape Poto's original workings. So I think that really endeared them to them and let them know like, okay, they really want to work with us. They're just volunteering all this information. But also, you know, I wonder how many people like got permission from their partners to reveal their partnership. Because if I'm partner with someone and they take it upon themselves to go tell everyone, I'm going to be pissed. 
this. <laughs> what about you guys? But yeah, definitely. It's got to be a joint joint decision there for sure. This, I'll have to look back and see like how many people knew that they revealed. But I, I'd be willing to bet like a lot of the vets didn't give a shit about consulting their partners on telling the other vets who their partners were. In which case, like that would be a problem for me, I think, if I was a new player and a vet was just telling everyone that we were partners, you know. Um, so the next tribal... Missy delays her tribe and Tepoto loses for a second time in a row. Brandon ends up going home very sad, although he does leave us with an amazing quote about the rapture, which uh, will forever be ingrained in my mind. Brandon, like whenever you think he's done giving you entertainment, he he finds a way how to one up himself even more. He's like he's like a Christian Garrett. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. An uh, unintentional Garrett. Is Garrett intentional? We don't know. I think we're going to look back on the season and uh, specifically the pre-merge. I think Brain is like one of our all-time best characters, like hands down in terms of entertainment. I think, you know, if this wasn't a, a season full of great characters, I think he would be in contention for like fan favorite as a fourth boot. <laughs> and that's saying a lot. So I, I thoroughly enjoyed Brandon. I thought he was genuine, sweet. And also, I didn't think he was like terrible at the game like I, it wasn't like an eddie situation where like with eddie you couldn't trust him to do anything i think if someone had taken brandon under their wing i think he would have stayed loyal to him people were trying to like liz was trying to i know i'm pretty sure michael was um i think it was hard because for some reason brandon preferred posting in public over private messaging um i think if he embraced the instant messenger like a little more people people would have felt a little bit more secure in him yeah i mean i think the biggest issue for both brandon and eddie was just like inexperience with the actual forums themselves the you know using the ims being in the group messages like knowing where to go for tribal council and how to post an image those are like the very basic things that i think if they would have had a better understanding they would have you know spent less time being confused on the forums themselves and able to focus more on, you know, being a simp for Liz or something like that, you know? Well, I also think that he kind of got swapped into a bad situation because Eddie had that idol and they needed somebody else to kind of split the votes on. And and after that, you kind of just need to finish what you started. Yeah, I think, you know, I mean, I think he's just it was just expendable here. I think if if this was Brandon returning as a returning player, I think he does very well because I guess that's my point is that I think Brandon in another scenario where people are aware it's not a shtick and can know how to work with him, I think he does pretty well. But unfortunately for us, uh, he goes here gone too soon. What do you think like his best case scenario is in one of these games? Because there's part of me that thinks like if he were to come back, like, does he just get Jillian right away? Like where people, you know, at final 20 are like, I like Brandon and I know the way he plays and I'm going to make sure he's sitting at the end with me because no one will vote for him. Or do you think he's one of those people that could get dragged to the end and people are like, I can't believe like people would bring someone this likable to the end. Uh, I think the Jillian option, <laughs> frankly. I mean, I don't I don't know. There's a chance he actually I, I don't know what his org history is. I, I do know he's plays a lot of orgs and he's not like totally unaware of how the game works. So I, I think there's a chance he does pretty well. I mean, if we're weighing like who's more aware, Jillian or uh, Brandon, I don't know. I think probably Brandon, frankly. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I think the reason I ask it is more just he's one of those people that you can tell when people talk to him that they do like him and they enjoy him in the game. I just was wondering if you think that, you know, on a second chance, he would just be somebody dragged along for, you know, the shtick for the lols. 
entertaining and having fun with him the whole way or if he was actually somebody that you think could go far and really stand a chance i don't know he, he's probably one of the players that i would never consider potentially winning uh, there are a number of people i would put in that category uh even people that i've brought back for this season it doesn't necessarily mean that i don't think that they would be decent players or go far I mean, if you're talking winning potential, that's different from uh, gameplay potential. I don't think he has great winning potential. I could be wrong. It's just the feeling I get. So I guess that's Brandon, unless anyone has any final thoughts on Brandon. I hope to go up in the rapture. That was his uh, quote that we used for the episode, by the way. So uh, that's going to do it for for Brandon's game. Unfortunately, the next vote is going to be finally we we up the stakes on the, the challenge in an attempt to get people to not throw which I think worked well. That coupled with the fact that shout out to Hope and Laura on that tribe, who I think were fantastic at coming together and uh, working together to stay in the game. I mean, I think that they lucked out in a lot of ways because Laura could have easily been the boot, but I think that the vets were itching to get rid of some of their bigger targets and making a bigger move. But I do have to give them credit for, I really like their bond and their alliance of two that should be gone, but uh, managed to make it out of there. So in this tribe, Tepoto finally wins immunity. And then it's on to Pukuro, where we know Hannah's going to be the boot. But I, I'm pretty sure she's totally unaware of that, right? Did we discuss the Hannah and Aurora drama already? No, this is when that happens as well. Yeah, I I feel like to set up because I mean, that drama happened pretty soon after the swap and going into this tribal, we were aware, but we were only aware because of the craziness that happened that first weekend. So for some setup, if you want to go ahead with that. Basically, Aurora, as we know, can kind of be an odd bird with her humor. And then when she gets paranoid, it's like all gloves are off with what she's going to say to someone. It's kind of you're really playing with fire when you talk to her. So Hannah and Aurora kind of get into it because I think they were working with like Jess and their partners to try and push a tie boot. That was the general idea that Hannah and Aurora were pushing up until they lost. And I think once they lost, there was a general understanding that it was going to be one of the two of them, but I don't think they were aware which way it was going to go. Right. So I I only really saw the screenshot, but basically Aurora kind of loses it on Hannah a little bit. And those two get into it on, you know, if they're like working together or not. It it was kind of bizarre. Well, one thing I've noticed this season in Aurora's DMs, she really likes to respond to people with like a hmm or like an interesting after they tell a plan and i don't know about you guys but like when you're talking with somebody who's supposed to be an ally and you're discussing strategy and you know they're being very short and not forthcoming with you and using phrases like that it's not necessarily the most reassuring way especially when you're in a minority on a new tribe so like the way aurora was talking to hannah was a little sketchy to begin with. And then I don't even know what set her off as like the tip that Hannah was coming after her. But all of a sudden, just like in the matter of three lines, Hannah and Aurora are talking about targeting Ty and Aurora just goes, okay, I get it. You're targeting me. And then it spirals from there. Aurora does that a lot. I think she gets paranoid and insecure and then projects that into a conversation. Like she, I don't, it's hard to tell if she's even, if she's joking or not, but she'll, she'll kind of question you where, you know, you're talking to her about a plan, like you said, and she'll be like, oh, that's funny or something like uh, borderline challenging you on whether she believes you or not. 
um, and whether you're telling the truth. And she's done that consistently to the point where people are like, Aurora's crazy. And it's so weird because I really I had casted Aurora purely because I knew like in her season she was kind of a mess. But then afterwards, I felt like on the forums and just talking to her day to day, she had really mellowed out. So I thought this was going to go way differently. I did not. I expected her to do some crazy paranoid stuff, but she has really gone deep with the paranoia and insecurity in this, in this season to the point where, like, I don't I can't imagine her making it far in this. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it'll be fun because currently the way the game is set up, I think there's a lot of people on that Topoto tribe who need her around and are counting on her vote. I don't know how long they're going to be able to deal with you know, the constant reassurance and being very, very careful with the words and the way you talk about your game strategy to not set Aurora off and think that you're targeting her. Like, I don't know how long they're going to want to put up with that. But, I mean, you got to love like the alliance mate who's just impossible to appease to like set back a majority alliance. So I, I think actually, you know, the vets make the right call, probably led by UB on which of the two to boot. I think the right call for us <laughs> entertainment wise to keep Aurora around, but also Hannah's a much better player. But I think UB really probably pushed or Hannah because they had some bad blood. So I'll probably give her a little bit more credit here. But all, you know, all the newbies plus Ty and UB come together to vote for Hannah. I guess Ty voted for Aurora and Hannah voted for Shamar. Hannah goes home. I, I I thought I was I was really surprised Hannah went this early. I got to be honest. I thought for sure she would make merge. But I, I think it was probably, you know, I mean, we knew her weak point was going to be the social game. So it's not super shocking that it happened here with this particular swap. But I think in another scenario, she does really well, you know. At the risk of coming off too harsh, her social game was like really mailed in the season. Like pretty much all the major connections she had were like pre-existing relationships. Definitely. I mean, that was her problem in Isolated. She did not connect with people outside of her alliance. So in this case, she had a, I would I would say it was almost pre-built alliance. Not that she came into the game with it set up, but it was people that she knew so she could start working with naturally. So, you know, that's always been a blind spot in her game is connecting with people outside of the group she's working with. And, you know, it was fine when she was on a tribe with the people she was working with. But in this scenario where she was with people who she wasn't, uh, she was going to be in trouble. Yeah, I think specifically for Hannah, this swap was tough because she was swapped with the one member of her original alliance that was too paranoid to stick with her when they were in a tough spot. And then, you know, you had Ty and you had UB who are willing to spill all of the secrets from Topoto that basically, you know, throw Aurora and Hannah under the bus as like running the tribe. Like I think she was set up poorly from the swap. And then, I mean, it takes a lot of work when you're in that bad of a position to stay. And I just don't know if she put in the amount of work that was necessary to turn it around. To be honest, I don't know if any of the people on the Topoto tribe would really be able to put in that amount of work to be able to turn around such a bad situation. So that's uh, that's the Hannah boot. Now, next episode, of course, Topoto goes back to tribal. The funny thing was that that... That challenge, of course, it was a live stressful challenge, which I think added to the potential for a shit show. And of course, if there's any potential for that, Jed and Stephanie are like relentless when it comes to challenge calls. I think, you know, that's a big downfall in uh, Stephanie's game. Stephanie with one N who will get the boot this episode. Spoiler alert. I think she gets so worked up over those challenges. I think it's off putting when people fight back so hard in challenges. Shout out Nofo from Shawnee from the All Stranded. But, you know, I think if if you disagree with the call, of course, 
fight it, but there's like a line to where you're becoming detrimental to your game, you know? Well, I was right and I stand by it. Walk, you look like you had something to say. I didn't. He's just backing Mofo up. <laughs> so I, I have to comment. One of the things, you know, it was easy in this season to pick out like the villain alliance, which was obviously the majority alliance, which it usually is. But in this case, it was Jed, Stephanie with one N, Jessica and Hannah. That was like the core of the uh, majority vet alliance, who I think became villainous, not just through majority, but like Jed and Stephanie had really harsh confessionals for Brandon, which I knew turned me off, but a lot of the lurkers off um, where they were like, just shut up and do as you're told. It's like, I don't know. I felt like, you know, they have a tendency to take the game to a personal place, which I enjoy. I, I enjoy the, I enjoy the villains and, and that storyline, too. But it's very clear, like Jed is at the top of like the villain alliance list. I think now that that he does not have as much power, that might change. But as of right now, like Jed is definitely on that track. Like he this episode, you know, they Tepoto finally goes back to tribal and then we're going to finally see Hope and Laura get in with some of the vets who the original plan, I think, was to boot Missy to use Allie, Hope, Laura to get rid of Missy. Finally, I think Liz was going to finally try to do that. And then Missy did some work to save herself a little bit. She was pissed off that that Hannah got the boot because those two are, are apparently friends. And so she really put in work to get the blind side onto Stephanie with one end. I would say, you know, she swore up and down to Liz, who really holds the power, I think, in the game at the moment, since I think Jed kind of lost it. And then from there, Elizabeth was able to go forward with the plan to blindside Stephanie with one end, which I think was a great plan on several levels, but mainly to get that power out of Jed, who had a lot of control. But quickly, we saw Hannah and Stephanie go as two of his main allies. And I think he kind of lost Jessica to Elizabeth. So Jed's game kind of went from like top of the top to uh, now I think he's he's kind of hurting. But anyway, so they tell Jed not too long before tribal council. I think, I mean, it ended up working out for them, but that's a risky move considering Stephanie and Jed's history and the fact that Jed has tipped off Stephanie to play an idol in the past. Um, luckily, he did not repeat that same mistake because that's what ended up causing him to go home, remerge in Morocco. So he reluctantly agrees to, and then he votes against Stephanie. I kind of thought he might throw his vote away given him and Stephanie's friendship, but he made clear uh, going into the season that he was going to do whatever it took and, and he was going to cut Stephanie early. And he did that. I didn't think he he realized how hard that would be, though, because it's confessional. He's like not having an easy time about cutting his friend uh, because, I mean, those two have known each other for two years now and are we're very close on Discord. And that's a you know, it's it's a very um, Boston Robin all stars move of, of Jed to cut Stephanie at this point for his game. But I don't I don't know. I think he needed to do it, especially given like I mean, I guess he could have told her to play the idol, but I think he really had to because there were so many people in on that boot that going against it would have really put himself in a bad position. I don't know. What do we think? I think it was a good I mean, admittedly, so I've been talking on Discord with Jed mostly because what? he said no, <laughs> Stephanie is like pretty distraught about her boot for, for two reasons. We thought she'd blow up in the in the chat. She hasn't really done that. She was more sad than anything because she felt like, like the last two times she played, she was like pretty out there, like strategy wise in your face. And she was toning it down this time, which I think was good for her. But she thought she was playing better. And then to get like knifed by a friend um, was hard. She also said that it was hard because 
Jed seemed like he didn't really care about the game while he was in the game, which I think is a strategy just to like come off as less threatening just to be like, whatever, dude. We know Jed does actually give like a lot of shits based on like his application and stuff. And so I think that like made it a little tough for Steph to swallow. Just he doesn't really care. And he, he like threw me away like it was nothing. It can make it feel like really impersonal. So I do feel for her. I think it's good for Jed in terms of a lot of times that kind of a move, at least in my experience, can be like very freeing to not be associated with somebody anymore once you're like very heavily associated with them. So we could see him kind of play like more of a like a free flow game and be more willing to take risks without having to wonder if he's like going to fuck over Steph or something. Yeah, I mean, it's tough when you play with friends, especially with like the new community aspect of it, because it's just hard. It's hard to get voted out by a friend. It's hard to be to vote out a friend. I feel bad for both of them for that particular scenario. I do have to give Stephanie credit and Hannah credit because I do feel like they played well this season. Like, I really feel like Stephanie, I expected over the top Stephanie, and I think she really played low key and had pretty good reads. I think she was doing pretty well. So, you know, I think her reputation and history with some of the other players preceded her, and that's probably why she went home. But I do think like her in this season, she did play well. Uh, yeah, I think that she did pretty good. Um, she was able to get into that, that majority alliance pretty early. I think that I've been saying this the whole time that I, I don't think that it was really a smart move for the people to to stab her there. They're just uh, making some enemies and kind of uh, making a move to make one. I think that a lot of the credit goes to Missy there for, for really hammering that home when in reality she should have been the one because uh, I doubt that she actually uh, sticks to the people that she was promising, you know, that she was going to be around. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely agree there. I think the biggest issue for, you know, Jess and Liz and the decision they made to target Stephanie over Missy is that you're heading into a swap. You're leaving War Dog out of the vote. You're taking in three new players who are voting with you to save their own ass. Sure, they say they have their an alliance, but like, what is this alliance really? Clearly, it's not where... Liz and Jess's heart is. So I don't think they should expect that that's where Hope and Allie and Laura's heart is. And so all they're doing is setting themselves up to go to a swap where War Dog is burned. The new players are going to run back to whoever they were with before. And you cut Stephanie because you wanted to get rid of an idol, but you don't even get rid of the idol. You know, I just think it was poorly thought through because Missy put in some work. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of credit does go to Missy because she was supposed to go home and she saved herself. She really did. I think that like you and uh, Cochran had said, I think it was to Jessica and Liz's detriment. Like they're going to feel very foolish if they go home because of Missy. And that's a strong possibility that they're leaving open. And it's actually a little shocking that Elizabeth would have that shot and not take it, considering she cut Eric first boot so quickly because he threw out her name. I would have expected her to cut Missy here. Uh, and I think it would have been a much better move. The only good thing is that she did weaken Jed a lot and they got rid of an idol. Technically, I mean, they got it out of Stephanie's hands. Let's put it that way. So I don't know. I think you're right. That that's that makes this swap very messy. And they knew a swap was coming like uh, yeah. 
it wasn't know. it wasn't hard to call. I will say one thing that I think is smart on Liz's part is I do think there is always a benefit in both Survivor and Big Brother format games to have a clear target. And while I know it's difficult to be like, oh, I didn't vote out Missy that round, but I want to vote her out now. I do think that having Missy around always kind of gives Liz someone to push her target onto. So when you're on another tribe and people are like, oh, who do you want to get rid of? Her target's always going to be Missy. I don't, they didn't swap together again, right? They're on the no. separate tribe. Right. So I think that that is one benefit to keeping Missy if she's on the same tribe. I wonder if she's going to be able to leverage that moving forward. You know, well, the thing for me is that uh, the reason why Missy was a target was because of her past season. But the longer that she's in the game and she's being low key and not getting crazy, the, the less people are going to look at her as a target. They're going to be like, oh, maybe she's not the person that they, they said she was and might have some apprehensions to working with her. But if she keeps doing what she's doing, then she might be able to stop getting that target on her back, which I think is her goal. Right. Is to um, make people trust her enough to think that she's not playing the same way. And then hopefully at the merge, you know, it'll blow up a little bit. But I, I'm going to be real. I don't think Missy has a ton of great game sense about her. I think she is like the definition of a loose cannon. I don't think she's considering one thing or the other. I think she sees a move and she takes it, which is effective to a point. So, you know, I think keeping a player like that around is a mistake. Frankly, I think yeah, I agree. You know, it's someone who is not thinking about winning. So therefore you can't predict how they'll make their move. You know, I mean, that's part of strategy is like, OK, well, if this person wants to win, they have to do X, Y and Z. But if Missy is just doing what's in the moment, that's that's terrifying to play with. I mean, Missy is a person aside. Like Jess even said in her confessional, I remember before the season, John told me before a swap or a merge, you don't want to piss anyone off. And then she couldn't help herself and pissed off Wardog and Wardog is out for revenge. And that might not end up mattering, but you never know. Like you can always end up in the position. Like I've been played in games where like you end up in the position where you clearly leave one person out of the vote and they immediately flip and it's a one person difference that's all it takes is one person to flip a vote and they flip on you and you're fucked. And that might not happen here, but like, it's just so stupid to leave open that possibility. You want to like leave open the possibility of working with everybody. Yeah, I would agree with that. I also, uh, Danny, uh, Danny pointed out that it was funny that Hannah and Stephanie went back to back here, given their rivalry. I think shout out to you B for playing the swap fantastically and playing the whole season. Fantastically. Frankly, I'm going to be shocked if UB goes pre-merge. I think she's been playing. She has been playing very well as Stephanie with two ends, uh, who we can finally just call Stephanie. <laughs> I mean, on top of like the, the game sense, she's also been one of the most entertaining, if not the most entertaining returnee to watch. Her confessionals are dead on. She's like posts those reaction pics everywhere. She's been entertaining and had like the best game sense of the return. <laughs> yeah, I laugh every time she posts <laughs> picture from like the uh, Daily Show interview or whatever, whatever the fuck it was. Um, the early show. I think she's poised to do really well. This was a great season for her so far. And like her two biggest enemies, I guess, in Stephanie and Hannah have gone back to back now. Uh, she swapped again. I think she's in a pretty good position, but you know, you know how that goes. So let's talk about the swap. We have, I think it was a pretty even swap. It was totally random, but I think incredibly even, you know, five pretty much split down the middle vets and newbies on both tribes. And we split up a lot of the big alliances. 
audiences. So I think it's going to be really interesting. I'm I'm excited to see where it goes. And I think it's so open that I don't really know where it'll go. Yeah. Well, in first glance, we kind of thought that uh, War Dog and Ty were in trouble. But it, it looks like even today that a lot of, especially on Fukuroa, a lot of people are throwing a lot of names out there to target. So I'm really excited to see that tribe for sure. Yeah, I actually, I think though, like if I had to pick a challenge strength tribe, I'm probably going to go with Fukuroa, which is actually probably pretty good. I think you want your more entertaining tribe to do better in challenges. But no, I think it's pretty evenly split. I think, you know, this cast has been super strong up to this point. There's not been, I wouldn't say like the season has been super strong just yet, but each boot has been meaningful and entertaining in their own way, which has made it fun. So I look forward to it. I hope we get some craziness and some drama and everything that we look for in a good season. What do you guys think of the swap tribes? What do you think will stand a chance of going before the merge? So my gut reaction here is telling me that, you know, you have like your level of players who are clearly merged. You have your, you know, Alexis, Matt, Michael, Sherry, for sure, from original Pakora. You have realistically, and I mean, this could be a completely bad call. I do think that Jess and Liz at the moment are clearly going to last at least, you know, three or four more rounds. I think a lot would have to happen to get either one of those people out with the partner's twist. And then below them, you have like the UBs and the Rockers and a couple of people who are playing pretty inoffensive games. And then, in my opinion, the people who are really in danger of leaving before we hit the merge are probably, you know, like War Dog, Aurora, Hope, Laura and Reynolds, just kind of the people who are a little less connected and, you know, they really need to do some work to be able to find something solid to carry them through the next week of the game. I disagree on some of those people. I think Reynolds is going to be fine when he's on a tribe with Jed, who is his partner. And Jed is in good with Elizabeth. I think that's going to be a natural connection. Um, Reynolds also. So if we remember, Reynolds had a family emergency the first night of the game. So he was like pretty low key. Um, But he has come into his own a lot. Um, (laughs) Baby walk. He's like a, yeah, he's like a mini me. But like people like him. Like he and Matt are tight. He's got Jed protecting him. He also is like. UB has come out and said that like he's her favorite dude. I don't think Reynolds is. I think Reynolds is pretty close to a lock to make an emerge. I yeah, I see that. I see Laura being in trouble, frankly, which I would hate. But I do think she's so nice and under the radar that that might be easy to cut. Uh, I think Shamar is a big target, um, which I hate to see. I love Shamar as a character. I really feel strongly he would be up there with my favorites if he could just make a merge. I think it's gonna be hard for him to make a merge. I think especially like, I think he's got a lot of enemies and I think he's gonna be easy to cut on that tribe. I also think Aurora is someone that people want to cut just because of her erratic behavior. And I think Missy's in danger for getting voted out. So those would be the four I would look at uh, potentially going before the merge. I think the other ones could be okay. It's, it's, it, you know, it's hard because there could be a blind side. There could be someone wanting to take a shot at Liz or Jessica. It really just depends. I also want to give a final shout out to Ty, who I think has played fantastically. Someone who I was not super enthused about. I, of course, had high hopes for, but uh, I think he's played incredibly well. And I love watching him play from an underdog position. And I think he makes bold moves. I, I've enjoyed watching Ty here. So the one name I'm surprised nobody said uh, for a boot potential is Allie. I feel like she's with a bunch of the noobs who didn't really uh, gel with her too much. And she's already talking about trying to push for Jed and Reynolds. And I think that if that gets out to those guys, then uh, they could potentially rat her out and she could be in trouble. 
And I also think that Shamar it should be pretty good over there. He's got Rocker and Alexis looking out for him. So I feel like uh, okay. he'll be all right on that team. I mean, I also do think it's very telling of the way this season is playing out that the four of us can't agree on people who are really in the most trouble. <laughs> the yeah. web of connections in this game, especially with the partners twist, is making it you know, really difficult to tell who's going to like let a certain name get pushed. So like when I mention Reynolds, I'm sitting here thinking like, you know, on that tribe, when you run through the names, who are people going to get pressured into not targeting that would then leave Reynolds, you know, the least protected. Did. And Allie's the same way where, you know, Allie has Jess and Liz and has been trying to actively work with them. But like when people start pushing for names, are Jess and Liz going to stick their neck out for Allie? I don't know. She should be somebody who's integral to their game going forward. But is it worth it to ruin other social relationships to save her? So I'm going to be interested to see how it plays out. I think it's complicated. Yeah, I think it's shaping up to be, you know, I, I think a lot of people are playing really well, which would be the exact opposite of Tanzania, uh, where, where everyone played terribly. Uh, so we'll see how that if that turns out to be really entertaining. I think it will be. I think, you know, the next couple of councils are not going to be easy boots. You know, maybe they can agree on Aurora or Missy or, you know, something obvious, but there's not much fat left for them to trim before uh, it starts getting to the nitty gritty and every boot has to be important and hurt someone, you know. So it'll be fun to watch. I think the swap was really, really good. Like, I don't think we could ask for a better swap tribes. These are really good. I agree. The gameplay is definitely a step up, but I think that's largely because of the newbies we've cast. I don't necessarily agree. Like, like they're, they're train wrecks for a reason that we cast. And really, the only one who I would say, stand, like, of the returnees that I feel like has a really good deep shot right now that I feel good about is a QB. The others, I, I'm not feeling great, but as per Danny's contender chart, Matt and Sherry have blown me away, particularly Matt. Matt has probably been the best social player in the game so far and has never been brought up by, as a threat by anyone and is considered by multiple people to be their number one. Sherry is playing probably a little less social game, but because she's funny, it's going to be like a little bit higher radar. But those two, I think, are like head and shoulders. Michael and Alexis, probably just below them. Alexis has been playing really well socially, but enough so that she's on people's radars as a big social threat. And Michael has really good strategic chops, but people recognize that he's like a scheming kind of guy. And that's a good point. I, I actually think I, I would give credit to like Elizabeth, Jed and Jessica up to this point. Like, I think that they've played good games. I think you're right, though. They've been too obvious about it. Like, we've even seen Jed get cut already from people booting Stephanie without telling him really until the last minute. I think Jessica's playing way too hard, like way too hard. So I expect her to be an early merge boot. I think she'll make merge from playing that hard, maybe. But I think she's making herself way too obvious. And I think actually she might be Elizabeth's demise by playing so so aggressively and being very attached to Elizabeth, that could be a bad sign for her. I would agree. I do want to give Jess a little bit of credit because I do think we get hard on her at times for overplaying that like, you know, I could say the same thing for Michael. Michael straight up told me he spent 16 hours on the board the other day, <laughs> like just talking with people for 16 hours. And, you know, he's playing just as hard. The difference is that, you know, Michael has a lot of experience and I think he's way better at managing and isolating the different relationships and his decisions so people don't realize how hard he's playing. And, you know, Jess for, you know, her four months of 
or experience like yeah she's playing hard and she really really wants to do well and prove herself here and i just think there's a couple things where the the move against steph is a prime example where like you didn't need to cut steph it realistically is probably just hurting your long-term prospects but they wanted to make a move they wanted to flush an idol that isn't going to get flushed and they didn't think about the repercussions and now you know you're going into a swap and i think those are the kinds of moves a newer player like jess is going to have to pay for early in the merge versus a michael who's playing just as hard maybe just as manic but you know isn't making you know small mistakes like that that's a good point i'm glad you said that because i think i gave her credit in the first podcast but she has played much better than we all expected her to so that maybe that org experience has paid off and uh i had said if she proves me wrong i will owe her a big apology so i think i I probably do i think she's been playing strong to this point i think i don't want to it's hard because when someone's so proud of how they're playing it's really hard to give them compliments you know it'd be much better easier if she was more humble about it but um i mean kudos to her she's she's managed to do well for herself yeah, she's doing better than I expected too. Some of it has to do with the fact that she's friends with Liz and Liz has largely been like the over-the-top controlling presence of the game. So I wonder if Liz was removed, how things would be different. Um, I, I don't know if that's true though because she was in the power alliance with Jed and Hannah on Tepoto when Elizabeth wasn't there. So I think, yes, she's benefiting from Elizabeth's strong connections to the newbies and her gameplay, but I still think Jessica would be fine without Elizabeth in the game at all. So I, I think that's a little unfair, but I, I know what you're saying. Like, she's definitely benefiting from Liz. So that wasn't like a, she would have been voted out. I think like we've been, I'm trying to think of like a past player to compare it to. There's been like a lot of ups and downs to me where like she's had moments where like the first day she came out and just was very upfront. She, she told Aurora she didn't like her or something. And I was like, oh God, here it comes. And then the second day she like managed to string a bunch of relationships together to the point where she was possibly like the most well connected person on that tribe. And then immediately after just like started bossing people around and then her like name cut. She has moments where she like flashes it and then other moments where it's like reined in. She has flashes of greatness and then like flashes of, oh God, the bossing Michael about what to do. So like there's a little bit of both. I think the Liz thing, like a swap really tests like your social capabilities. It's not just Liz. The fact that they had two expendable boots like helped a lot. And she's she's bonded with hope too. I think her her, her big downfall is going to be she like trusts Michael with her life right now. And Michael doesn't give a shit about her. But Yeah, I'm trying to think if that bit her in her other season. I think really what I don't think so. I mean, I think, you know, she had something similar with John and that benefited her there. So I don't know. I think you're right. Like (laughs) Michael and Jessica as partners is hilarious because they're both playing very similarly. So, you know, and very messy. So I I don't know. I go back and forth on Jessica, too. You can go back and forth on all these people because they're all just good enough to where uh, you don't know what's going to happen. Besides, I think Aurora's lost it, to be honest with you. Like, I, I would be shocked if she can pull it through at this point because she's so all over the place. I don't know if she's... I think she's lost in her own paranoia at this point. Oh, yeah. She's, she's too far gone, but uh, Broski Nation's here for it, so... <laughs> Hashtag Broski Nation rise up. So that's my thoughts. I think if I had to do a winner pick now, it's, it's so hard to do, but I think UB or Matt are good calls. My head is picking Sherry. My heart pick, I would love to see either Reynolds or Allie win. If they could pull it off, I think it would be hilarious. They won't win, though. I think it's going to be Sherry. Um, yeah, I think yeah, you, you, you got to pick Matt, Sherry, or UB at this point, I feel like. 
I think I think UB is going to be a little bit uh, too big of a threat coming into the merge. People already seem to be talking about that. I would say uh, Sherry would be my pick, but I think that we're all sleeping on John Rocker a little bit. I don't think anyone really talked about him. I know that he's under the radar, but that guy seems to be doing a lot of the right stuff too. So I wouldn't be surprised if he uh, starts becoming a contender here in a little bit. Oh yeah, Rocker's been fascinating. He's like, it's been like, had like a really great mix of like the troll John Rocker, but also like a character journey, which is like not what I expected out of him at all. Like his grandfather just passed away. He's also trying to play, but has never really played a game before, but also has like the hilarious stuff drier than Steph at a firefighter convention. Like, (laughs) um, he has like the unique, like what is it? He called it the pocket strategy where he wants just everybody to think that he's like desperate to just be included as like their plus one or whatever. So he's been like a journey. I'm like, like was not expecting that out of him at all. No, I think that he's doing the right thing. Honestly, it seems like to me, um, he, he made some good inroads. So. Yeah. He had some good calls this last swap. He, had, he was pulling some strings actually. I don't think he has a winner potential just based off of his personality. I think, you know, that's, that's the double-edged sword of playing over the top and, and kind of goofy. And, you know, I mean, sure, it makes you underestimated, but it can also make it so that people don't take you too seriously. Well, I think that if he, uh, I mean, you remember Rocky from uh, season season 25, I believe, Penner's first season. Uh, that guy mm-hmm. did the whole thing. And then at the end kind of came out being like, that's not who I am. Here's my game. If he could do something like that, I think that people would respect it. We'll see. I, I don't. I wouldn't. I'm not so high on on that happening, but I do think he's better than he's playing. Okay. Yeah, I'm not saying he's like a matter Sherry. I just think that uh, people are sleeping on him for sure. So I think that's gonna do it. Unless anyone has anything else to add, I look forward to seeing how how this shakes out. I think this is a very good group of very aggressive players and some bad players. So it'll be fun to watch. I look forward to seeing what happens. Let's put it that way. I think when all said and done, you're gonna look back at the season with like the memory of like a lot of iconic characters in the series. Like it strikes me as like uh like the beginning has been not like flash in the pan, but it's been like entertaining humor. It's funny. And like, like Brandon was entertaining in the moment, probably not someone you want to see do that thing. Like the, not a shtick, but like have that go the whole season. Hannah getting voted out and being pissed off about it or missing piss off about it. It's funny in the moment. Like Garrett and his shenanigans are all funny. Um, but it's like all that's fun while also it's building towards like a lot of these like longer term, like deep relationships with these potential big characters, people like the Michaels and Alexis's okay. potentially, I think it's going to be a big end of the season. Basically. I, I, I agree with you. You know, typically we've, we've always said, you know, a, a more boring pre-merge usually leads to the good characters staying in and a very chaotic merge. I think that might be the case here, but also I don't think it's been boring, but, uh, also, I've noticed this season has really mirrored Micronesia on um, the actual Survivor, where, you know, the first boot was kind of a Johnny Fairplay with Garrett. Um, <laughs> we've had uh, character boots like, you know, Chet and Kathy and some of the crazier newbies with Eddie oh. and, and Brandon, Joel. Yeah, you could make the, the compare. I mean, you know, I don't know that we've had uh, Penner and Yao Man boots with uh, Anna and Stephanie, but, but I do think it's it's interesting that there's like a mixture of these early boots that are kind of characters with like a lot of the harder players making it through. I think it's it's very similar. We could see a very similar game to Micronesia here. We can only hope. Um, so with that, I think I'm going to close it out. Uh, so far, I've enjoyed it. I, I really this week is going to determine a lot. And I think, you know, I think the battlefield will be set for a merge after 
after this week. And I think it's wide open. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens. I think we're going to get some surprises. That's what I think. So we'll see. Uh, I think we might need to do more than one podcast next week. It's going to be a good week. We're also we're hiding two more idols tonight as the person who wrote them the first ones because of the especially because of the partner bid. We're definitely on the easier side and we're both one clued. These are definitely a step up. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, looking forward to it. It's been fun as hell to speculate or spectate. And speculate as we've been doing for the last hour. Yeah, no, I've enjoyed all the characters. I think I, I feel really good. We felt good about this cast going in. I think uh, they've all delivered in some way so far. I'm just very anxious to see how it all plays out. Um, so with that, I think I'm going to close it out. This has been Pootie. Looking forward to it. Bye. Gang, gang. <laughs>